Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News. Steph Curry successfully participated in his first five-on-five scrimmage on Monday with the team's G League affiliate in Santa Cruz, marking an important step in his eventual return from a broken left hand. Though Curry had targeted Sunday's game against the Wizards as his hopeful return date, the Warriors wanted him to participate in a full scrimmage that would more closely resemble the game action that awaits him after a four-month absence. In the three-quarter scrimmage, Curry on the blue team was coached by Chris Weems, and lost by one point to the white team led by forward Jonathan Simmons, who the team recently signed. It was Simmons who defended Curry on a potential game-winning mid-range jumper. Afterwards, Curry stayed on the court and went through shooting drills for 90 minutes. Curry won't travel with the Warriors for Tuesday's game in Denver, but could return as early as Thursday against the Raptors at Chase Center. That would provide up to 20 games for Curry to test his nerve-damaged hand and build some chemistry with his new teammates before an extended offseason. Now, from what I saw in Santa Cruz, and I drove down there and didn't watch the scrimmage. We were not media was not allowed in the scrimmage, but we were allowed uh, in for media availability. And Steph went through about an hour and a half of shooting drills afterwards. Very meticulous, very detailed, but very different than what he is accustomed to doing. Uh, Rick Celebrini, the team's uh, director of sports medicine and performance, who's been work- working very, very closely with Curry during this entire process was there and, and just frequently pausing Curry's drills to go uh, through some core training with him, to test that left hand, to just give him some notes. Um, it, it was um, – and for Curry, I mean, there were times where he was missing several shots in a row, which is very unlike him. He A couple of times I noticed he lost his dribble when he was transferring from, from his right hand to his left hand. Um, he went out of his way a few different times to catch the ball only with his right hand. I'm not saying this in order to create some sort of uh, concern, but look, I, I do think that Steph, look, I think Steph Curry will be able to make shots when he gets back eventually, and, I, and everything is on track for him to come back on Thursday. But uh, I, I think we need to maybe temper some expectations because this is going to be tough for him. And he's going to need to not only get that feel in his left hand, but get the feel of these new teammates and all these new things. And, I, you know, his conditioning was okay. But um, I don't know that he's going to be, you know, the Steph Curry of old, so to speak, when he first gets back. One thing that, I, that was interesting to me from that scrimmage, too, was he was sent down there to do a full game-like five-on-five scrimmage. And because the Santa Cruz Warriors were shorthanded, they ended up only doing three quarters, three seven-minute quarters. Okay, so that's 21 minutes of game action. Now, maybe that's all Maybe that's all Steph is going to play when he comes back. It wouldn't surprise me if he was only playing right around 21 minutes per game when he first got back. Uh, Steve Kerr has said there won't be a minutes restriction, but it that does make sense to be right around there. Um, so maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe the more important thing, and, and from the players that I talked to and the coaches I talked to, they did bang him around a little bit. They they kept bumping him off the line. On that on that potential game winner that I referenced earlier, they did uh, chase him off the three-point line. They called, Chris Weems called a three-pointer for him for the win, and they chased him off the three-point line. They had three guys all over him. They were physical with him defensively. That's the sort of thing that they wanted to do with him, and I think they accomplished that from who I talked to. They definitely accomplished that. And, you know, yeah, did his game win a rim out? Sure. But he also pulled up from 30 feet. One person that was there told me at one point, um, Chris Weems called the screen for Steph Curry, a high screen early on in the scrimmage to sort of get him going. 
And before the screen setter could even get to his spot, Steph Curry just pulled up and drained a 30-footer. And Chris Weems looked at the guy who he directed toward the screen and said, you know what, never mind, guess you don't need to. Uh, so there were moments like that, for sure. He made a, uh, One of the players said that he made a uh, falling away sidestep three-pointer in the, in the left corner at one point. I mean, those are the sort of things that Steph Curry is always going to be able to do. He's a great shooter. I don't think that's going to go away because he broke his offhand. There are, he still has that potential, I think. So, uh, there, you know, I don't know that that's going to be a concern, but I also think that it's going to take him a little while to warm up in games, as it did in the scrimmage. Um, I know he opened, he, he, he started the game by opening uh, or by missing a couple of open shots that he normally wouldn't miss. Uh, and, um, yeah, he didn't play a full four quarter scrimmage he played three seven minute quarters and um we'll see what steve kerr says about that Uh, i i think that you get to a point where you just want to sort of see him on the nba floor but you don't want to rush him right and we already he already wanted to come back on sunday they didn't do that because he didn't participate in a full scrimmage it'll be interesting to see what they think of this scrimmage when they're not talking with media when they're you know, behind closed doors talking about it and saying, okay, how did Steph look? Did he, did he uh, look ready to come back? Uh, is Thursday a realistic target date? Now, I want to talk about when Steph is going to come back because that's obviously the big question. But first, this spring fall, your favorite baseball team to Arizona Cactus League spring training with amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures, and incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. Ten stadiums. 15 Major League Baseball teams, and 75-degree temperatures. If you've ever been to spring training, you know it gives you a great opportunity to meet the players and get autographs before the game. Then after the games, check out the amazing restaurants and bars nearby. The Warriors just played in Phoenix, and I, I managed to get the day off before they, uh, they went out and played the Suns and got, flew in early, flew, got on the, you know, the 6 a.m. flight out of Oakland, landed in Phoenix, and we ended up doing a doubleheader. Me and some friends went out there, did a doubleheader. We did both Giants games, started at Giants-Royals, ended up at night at Giants-Rockies. Uh, and I've never done spring training before, but that is a good time. Cheap beer, good food, cheap, fe- cheap food. I don't know. I'm not going to go all the way to good food, but cheap food, hot dogs, beers, um, sunshine. I mean, I live in San Francisco. I don't see the sun all that often. I know it's coming out a little bit more right now, but to get out there... And and be in the warm weather, just having a t-shirt on with with a, a an ice cold beer and just chilling out and going in the lawn and and you know watching baseball. And I'm not the biggest baseball guy, but that was a lot of fun. And then you know this this ad copy says something about the the amazing restaurants and bars nearby. Yeah, yeah, going out in in Scottsdale, going out in Phoenix is a good time. So. I had a great time at spring training. I suggest that you go. So plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. So the big question is, when is Steph going to come back? And right now, the target date is, of course, Thursday against the Toronto Raptors. Okay, he misses the game on Sunday. There was never any plan for him to come to Denver to play the Nuggets on Tuesday. The next home game, the next game at Chase Center is Thursday against the Raptors. That is the new target date. We'll see if he is going to play there. Uh, my my expectation is, from what I understand, from talking with people there, he is on track to play on Thursday, but there's a couple of days in between. They're going to need to see 
um, how he's doing. He's going to be in San Francisco by himself because he's not going to be in Denver with the team. Um, he, he's already been recalled back from the G League. He spent about a, he only spent a few hours in Santa Cruz, so he's not going to be playing with Santa Cruz anymore. He's not going to be scrimmaging anymore, so he's going to be working by himself with his team in San Francisco until the Warriors get back on Wednesday. So uh, we'll see what they what they deem as his uh, as his return date. But right now, I think it's 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 Thursday against Toronto. And look, I, yeah, he went through three, a three quarter scrimmage and in, in with a G League team, but I don't know what else there is for him to do right now. Um, at some point, you just got to kind of roll him out there. And I know the Warriors want to be cautious with him and everything, but that I have heard from several people on the team that that hand, there is no injury of him or there is no risk of him re-injuring the hand. That is not the concern right now. The con- like He has as good a chance of breaking his hand now as he did when he first broke it on October 30th. So that's not the issue. The issue is whether or not he's in the right condition to go out there and play. And, you know, I think he, I I don't know, I I don't know what more he can do at this point. I feel like he has done about as much as you can do before you actually get into a game. I understand the caution by the Warriors, but at some point, you just got to see what he can do. You're not going to replicate no matter what, even with these five five scrimmages. I don't care what, how much you're bumping him around and running him off the line and all these things. At some point, you just got to go out there and play in 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 a basketball game. And I think we're at that point now where, look, I, I understood Steve Kerr's caution, wanting him to go through another full five-on-five scrimmage. There was no reason to rush him back. But now is the time where you look at what else he could possibly do to get ready, and he's done about all of it. So uh, he spent his time in Santa Cruz. I think it is telling, by the way, that after he went through that scrimmage and a few hours after that and a few hours after media had left the facility, that the Warriors brought him back. That, to me, is telling. Uh, now, look, the Santa Cruz Warriors were about to fly out, I think, to Salt Lake City or Sioux Falls or something like that. So he was never going to go with the team, even though that would have been incredible. Steph Curry actually playing in a G League game would have been the most amazing thing ever. Um, I would have had to reroute my flight from Denver, where the Warriors actually are, to Salt Lake City or Sioux Falls or wherever the hell they were going. But uh, that didn't happen. Uh, so he's going to be by himself. There's no Santa Cruz. There's no Golden State there. Uh, but I do think that you might just roll him out there on Thursday, and plus, like it's the Toronto Raptors, it's the NBA Finals rematch. The Warriors have no other players other than Stephen Curry worth really guarding. So now you could go see the Vox in one again, which would be kind of a fun storyline. Uh, I I see no reason why he shouldn't play Thursday. I'd actually be disappointed, honestly, at this point if he didn't play on Thursday. I mean, this is the time to do it. And the Warriors all along have said that they want him to make his debut at Chase Center. They said that they want to treat their fans to that. Uh, I think it's going to happen. But by the way, if they, if for whatever reason he can't go on Thursday, circle Saturday's game against Philadelphia, which is also broadcast on ABC. So Toronto's game, the, the Toronto game is broadcast on TNT. The Philadelphia 76ers game on Saturday is broadcast nationally on ABC. And then after that, they have a game against the Clippers currently set for TNT. So national broadcasts have not flexed them out. ABC has not flexed out the Philadelphia game, expecting hopefully – that Steph Curry will come back and they're going to be able to have that because we know that the Warriors have had all their other national games on ABC or ESPN flexed out most of the time. So, um, look, there's there's a nice little stretch here is what I'm saying. So Steph Curry should be coming back soon, if not Thursday, very soon after. Coming up, what to watch for when the Warriors play the Nuggets tonight. 
So the Warriors at 13 and 48 will play the Denver Nuggets tonight. The Nuggets are 41 and 19. They've won seven of their last 10 games, and they are hot. They have gone. They are now the, the two seed in the Western Conference. Still five and a half games behind the Lakers, but um, this is the sort of team. These are the sort of games. Look, I know the games don't matter. The wins and losses don't matter. But these are the sort of games where you want to see these role guys that the Warriors are looking at for next season playing against these teams and specifically in their matchups. And so what I'm looking for is we'll see if Kevon Looney can come back. Or I'm sorry, Kevon Looney's not coming back. He's Or no, yeah, Kevon Looney, he might come back. Um, he did travel with the team. We'll see if he returns um, from this hip issue. But Marquise Chris is still in the starting lineup too. It'll be interesting to see how they guard Nikola Jokic. Jokic is one of the most unique players in the NBA. He's a tough guy to guard. And he is playing, by the way, at an MVP level if Giannis had not already been running away with that. But he's playing certainly at an all-NBA level. I think he would be maybe my first-team center. He might, be, he might end up being my first-team center now that I'm thinking about it. But to see what Chris can do. Look, we know what Chris can do on offense. We know that he can run the floor. And that could be an interesting counter to what Nikola Jokic does where he's not... He, he, he gets up and down the floor well, but he doesn't run the floor like Marquise Chris. Marquise Chris, I consider maybe the fastest center in the NBA, certainly up there. I, Jokic is not in that conversation, obviously. Um, so I think Chris can maybe get the better of him if they could play in an up-tempo game. But I'm more interested in the half court and seeing what he can do defensively against Jokic. Because Jokic likes to play up in the high post. He likes to play out on the perimeter. He likes to bring the ball up. I think coming down the floor, Chris can guard him pretty well. I think in the half court, we've got some questions. I think in the half court, Marquise Chris is going to have to show uh, an incredible amount of awareness defensively, um, knowing when to play up on Jokic and knowing when to fall back on him and, and maybe you know baiting him into coming toward the rim instead of passing the ball. Because one thing that I think is really going to hurt the Warriors tonight is if they let Jokic get going, um, and if Marquise Chris can't bother him some in that post, uh, Jokic is going to be able to start kicking out to open shooters, and the Warriors are the worst three-point shooting defending team in the league. And Denver gets a lot of open threes just because Jokic is such an uh, incredible next-level high IQ passer. And so the Warriors' perimeter defenders are going to have to be on their game tonight too. And that's, again, looking at projecting forward for next year. I know that they're going to have Klay Thompson back and Steph Curry back, but these are still guys that are going to have to be on the floor. You know, these dudes are still going to have to be on the floor during, you know, important minutes, important stretches of games. And if they can't guard the three-point line, and they haven't been able to do so recently, if they can't guard the three-point line, then they've got a real problem. And I think you look at the guys who do defend well on the perimeter, those are the guys that are going to have minutes next year. Because right now, if you give up a bunch of threes, big deal. Who cares? You're going to the lottery. But next year... If, you know, Damian Lee and Jordan Poole and Kai Bowman and all these guys, they check in while Steph Curry's on the bench and the Warriors are up 12 when Steph gets on the bench and they let the other team hit three threes in a few minutes and all of a sudden it's a tie game or close to a tie game, not great at math. Well, then that's a problem. And so that's not what they want, obviously. So they're going to have to find guys who can guard the three-point line and they're going to have to find guys who can guard in half-court sets. And I think this is an interesting... Uh, matchup for Marquise Chris, as well as Kevon Looney, if he plays, by the way. Uh, what can they do with Jokic? Because there is a good chance that they run into Jokic in the playoffs these next couple of years. Okay, so this is going to be a, a nice little litmus test. Also, Jamal Murray, kind of the guy that gives the Warriors problems this year. High volume score, good point guard, shifty guy. 
We'll see what the Warriors do. They have been willing to slot Andrew Wiggins on ones recently. I thought that's been an interesting development. I think we could see Wiggins on Jamal Murray again tonight. So that'll be another interesting thing to watch. An interesting thing to monitor is what Wiggins does, who Steve Kerr puts him on going forward. Because at first when he got Wiggins, he was putting him on only twos and threes. Recently, he's been willing to put him on other point guards too. So I think he views Wiggins, I know he views Wiggins, as a three-positional defender. We will have a recap of tonight's game in Denver for you tomorrow. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. Thanks for listening.